The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. Hey, welcome. This is Matthew Goodwin with Washington University and Barnes Jewish Hospital uh, coming in today for today's podcast. And the, and the topic today is, is why do we need an x-ray? And this is a question that we get quite a bit uh, uh, in orthopedics and quite a bit in uh, or- orthopedic uh, spine surgery. And uh, the reason we get it is typically because we get patients that have already had uh, multiple advanced imaging. So certainly within the realm of spine tumors, uh, we get patients that have had uh, CTs done, they might have had a PET scan done, uh, oftentimes come with some MRI done at that time. And it always seems like people are are puzzled when we ask for, for a plain film. Uh, and so it's a common question we get, and I hope uh, today we can at least start answering part of why we always ask that and uh, what, what information it gives us. So the first thing uh, that, that comes to mind is, is how often this comes up. So even recently, uh, I was giving a talk to the hematology oncology fellows, and uh, uh, Jacob Buhovsky, who is the director of our spine tumor center here, uh, came in and, and saw some of my slides beforehand, and one of them said, you know, uh, why do we get an x-ray? And he laughed and said, well, is that for this talk? I thought you were talking about spine tumors. And I said, well, it is, but it's only because I get that question so much during these talks. And uh, right on cue, a few minutes into my talk, when I talked about the workup of the spine tumor patient, one of the fellows raised his hand and, and said, I don't want to be rude, but how come you guys always want a plain film? I don't understand. And so it's a, a thing that comes up all the time, and I've tried to boil it down to the main things uh, in, in somewhat of an organized uh, manner. So I'm going to give five reasons, and, and hopefully they kind of flow one into the other. So the first reason to get a plain film is is a little bit simple, but but it's uh, something we really like, and that is that we can see everything all at once. And that's a little bit hard to explain to people that don't look at x-rays a lot uh, or don't base how they treat things uh, or their workup of things, uh, initially starting with the x-ray. But most orthopedic surgeons, uh, and, and a lot of neurosurgeons as well, uh, start their workup uh, with the plain film and are used to reading plain films uh, their whole life. Not only that, uh, when you have a CT or you have an MRI, it shows you great, uh, great detail, but it's very hard to get the overall picture of what's going on. And so I try to tell people it's a little bit like seeing a house. You can show somebody a video walking room to room in the house and get a great idea of the details and where things are and what the bathroom looks like. But unless you step outside and look at everything together, you don't have a good sense for, for what the house actually looks like. Uh, versus if you have a picture, even from the front of the house and maybe in an overhead bird's eye view, uh, you have a, a within a second of seeing that, uh, you get a feel for what the house is like, how big it is, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, it's easy for, for you to see everything at once. And along with that comes information like the patient's body habitus, whether they have old hardware in there, uh, you can see their bone quality very quickly. Uh, if you're used to looking at plain films, you can immediately, when looking at a spine, uh, say, wow, that, that bone quality looks really bad. We're going to have trouble with, with instrumenting that. And you can also see um, things we're going to get to in a minute, uh, alignment or any injuries that, that might come up. So the first one is seeing everything at once. The second main reason, uh, which I've kind of alluded to already, is you can see whether there's been a hardware complication very quickly and very easily. And so what I mean by that is if you have a CT and you're scrolling through it looking for where a rod broke, you can certainly find it. And sometimes that's even needed. Uh, certainly if it breaks in the tulip head, that can be needed. 
But typically, the, the plain film, it's very easy to see uh, just looking you know, within less than two seconds to see uh, where uh, the failure of the hardware is, whether it's a little halo around your screw uh, in the vertebral body or whether it's a break in the rod, uh, very easy to spot it uh, on the plain film. <clears throat> uh, along with seeing uh, whether there's a hardware complication, uh, kind of in that same category as you can see whether there's any foreign bodies. And that seems a little bit silly, particularly if you're thinking about doing an elective surgery or if you're thinking about doing a, a surgery on a spine tumor and there's been a CT. Uh, but it comes up. In fact, I had a I had a case uh, when I was a fellow where the uh, patient was in the pre-op holding area, and she was getting a single level ACDF. And in checking her in and talking to her, I noticed we did for whatever reason we didn't have her films, and uh, we had all the advanced imaging. And I noticed she had tracks on her neck. And then so I asked her, I said, what are, you know, what are the marks in your neck? And she said, well, you know, years ago as a, a young person, she'd done uh, a lot of IV drug use. Uh, she had hepatitis, she had HIV, uh, and I asked her whether she'd ever had a needle broken off in her neck, and she said, oh, yeah, multiple times. Uh, and for any of you that work with folks that have done a lot of IV drug use, you know a lot of times they will have uh, different parts of needles broken off uh, inside them. And so with that, I said, well, we need to get a, a plain film before we roll back, and, and lo and behold, we got an x-ray, and you can see the, the needles on, on both sides of her neck, uh, multiple needles broken off. Uh, right where we'd be sticking our hand to go in for our ACDF. So I'm um, certainly glad we had that, and that's certainly something that could have been uh, really catastrophic had we not caught that. Uh, and we ended up, of course, canceling the surgery uh, for that day and then uh, rescheduling for something posterior. So that's the second reason. The third reason is, uh, speaking of the operating room, we use those plain films to localize in the operating room. So if you look at the number one complication or problem in the board collection period for, for orthopedic surgeons, it's wrong level uh, surgery. And if you look at wrong level surgery specifically, the top thing is wrong level surgery in spine. And so this is something we take very seriously. It was something I was trained to take very seriously. Um, and the reason uh, that's been discussed in the literature for doing a wrong level surgery is actually misinterpretation by the surgeon uh, of the film in the operating room. And that seems crazy because I just finished telling you we've been looking at these films our whole life. But what happens is you get somebody with just a little bit of an anomaly and maybe you have uh, a less than perfect picture in the operating room and it can get, get real confusing real fast. And, and that's just a mistake you don't want to make. You want to be prepared for that. Uh, so we actually had a case uh, of a, uh, again, a single level uh, ACDF where uh, we marked our level to start. Uh, and if you were to count down what looked like vertebral bodies, we were at one level, uh, but in reality, we were a level above that, and the reason was because uh, she actually had a very hypertrophied facet joint, and the, it was so hypertrophied, the, the anterior aspect of it went up to the anterior aspect of the vertebral bodies, and it looked like another vertebral body. Uh, luckily, in that case, we had, we had seen her uh, x-ray before. We'd been a little puzzled by it. We'd gone back through the CT and all the other imaging and figured out what was going on, uh, and, we, and we didn't make a mistake. But, but a really good reason to do a plain film is uh, if you're going to go to the operating room, you need to, you need to know how you're going to localize, and you need to know exactly uh, what you're looking, looking at in there. Along with that, the fourth reason would be that you're following your x-rays in clinic. And so um, anytime you do a surgery on a patient, you're not going to continue to uh, get uh, advanced imaging every time they come back to clinic or every time they come back and maybe felt a pop or something felt funny, or you're just following up to look at their alignment, uh, what you want to do is you want to get uh, a plain film. It would be 
uh, obviously unrealistic and, and uh, not safe for the patient to keep doing CT scans. So following in clinic is another great reason why we want an x-ray, uh, so you can repeat it uh, in the future. And then finally, the one that, that uh, we talk about probably more than these other ones is that we want to look at their alignment. And so oftentimes, particularly in spine, uh, we're requesting an upright uh, picture because we want to see what their hardware looks like when they stand up. We want to see what their alignment is. We want to see how far they're pitched forward, whether there's any kyphosis, whether their head's over their pelvis, uh, all those good things that we, we love talking about. And so uh, we've had multiple cases where uh, what a patient looks like uh, in a scanner where they're lying down is very different than what they look like when they stand up, uh, both in terms of alignment, but also in terms of, of what moves. And so uh, we will oftentimes do dynamic studies like flexion and extension, or even bending to the side if we're working with a scoliosis, scoliosis patient uh, to determine the dynamic nature of, of the problem. Uh, I can remember one case uh, where we had a lady, we had done a single level fusion, lumbar fusion, and she had terrible uh, L3 radicular pain. And uh, we cannot quite figure it out because her films looked great. Uh, we had her doing uh, uh, FlexX films as well, and they looked great. And then we found out that she wasn't standing for those. She was actually flexing and extending lying down, and she, she would convince the techs that she did not need to stand because it hurt too much. Um, and what happened is when we had her stand, we found out there was a crack uh, in both of the pedicles. And when she would stand she would, and flex, she would actually lift off of that. The screws would lift right out of that pedicle. Very unstable. Um, but it was missed on on everything uh, until we actually had a, a dynamic study of her standing upright. So there you have it. There are five reasons, uh, five of the main reasons that we would like a plain film uh, when when you're talking to us about a patient. Uh, there's probably more, and I'd, I'd love to actually add to the list as we talk more about it. But uh, just to recap, number one, you can see everything at once, so a little bit like the house analogy. Um, number two, you can see any uh, hardware complication uh, very easily within less than a second or two. Uh, and you can see if there's any foreign bodies, which uh, could get you into trouble, as I mentioned. Uh, number three, you can use it. Uh, you want to know what you're looking at when you're localizing in the operating room. Uh, number four, you're going to use your plain film to follow them in clinic. Uh, you're not going to get advanced imaging every time you want to look at their hardware. And finally, the one we like to talk about probably more than the others is, is we love to look at their upright alignment because oftentimes that is not uh, what they look like when they're lying down. Uh, in the scanner. So again, uh, Matthew Goodwin from Washington University uh, and Barnes-Jewish and the Spine Tumor Center here uh, signing off. Thanks for listening.